Okay, friends, it is election day. Are you stressed out about your investments? You are not alone. Our guest co-host, Grant Sabatier, is here with all that worry, with why all that worrying may be overblown. But you know what? If you're having it, he's going to have advice on how to handle it. It is Tuesday, November 3rd. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm here with... And I am Grant Sabatier, creator of Millennial Money and author of Financial Freedom, coming to you from my attic in Columbus, Ohio. Love that you have an attic. We don't have that here in condos in New York City. Here on Money with Friends, we talk about the latest personal finance headlines. We added the insights and wisdom of our fantastic cast of thought leaders, including Grant Sabatier. We mix in questions and comments from our money friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Grant, welcome back. I'm glad to be back. It feels like it's been forever, even though it's only been about a month. It has been a month, but but a, a lot has happened in that month because you now can share with us your big news. You sold your your platform, Millennial Money, you sold. Yeah, Millennial Money has been acquired by The Motley Fool, the one of the largest personal finance brands in the entire world that was founded in 1993. And it's so funny, of all the companies to buy Millennial Money, it's the one that's five miles from the house that I grew up in. And so I've known about The Motley Fool since I was a kid and love the brand, very well-respected company. And so it's been a long negotiation process and I'm happy that it's over and to be deep in the trenches with them. We've now been working together for about a month and have a number of really cool projects set to launch in quarter of one of uh, next year. Well, they put out great content and you can see them. I mean, they circulate all over the place. In fact, the story that we're going to talk about on Wednesday's show was in USA Today, but it originated on Motley Fool. Yeah, the team, there's over 450 full-time employees at the Motley Fool and even more writers spread out throughout the world. And so they have a 50-person investing analyst team. They're I mean, they've been doing this a long time. And the nice thing about them is they have a buy and hold investing strategy, very similar to the Warren Buffett strategy that we'll be talking about in tomorrow's episode. But it's just been fascinating to see their approach to investing, uh, which is quite similar, but in some ways different to my own. And so it's been nice to dig into their philosophies. And I couldn't think of a better brand to help take millennial money to the next level. You know, as you build a website, once I was getting millions millions and millions of visitors. There's a lot of moving pieces that come with managing a website and a business that large. And I needed a partner uh, if Millennial Money was going to, to reach the next level and so happy to be working with them. And I've already learned an immense amount uh, that I didn't know. They're really uh, an incredible an incredible company and more importantly, an incredible culture. And so happy to be working with them. And I have a call with them later today and we are off to the races. Well, that is all incredible. We are so happy that you are a part of our community here. Um, before we get into our story for today, let's see which one of our friends is going to uh, bring us into that headline. This is Trey from TrueTrey.com. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, it's time for our headlines. All right. And today's headline is all about the election. We had to find a way to do a non-political story, but something apropos and relevant um, for Election Day. And this headline... Um, comes to us. Um, it is titled Stress Out About Election Day. 
stress out about the election. Don't take it out on your investments. It may be tempting when economist says to think of it that if your side wins, the economy is going to be all right. But no matter who wins, it may not be as good or as bad as you think. And it goes on to talk about different behavioral biases and people thinking that basically more dramatic. They're so stressed out, but really over history, elections don't have as much impact as we may think. Grant, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to investing, we're our own worst enemy. All the academics show that. Behavioral finance shows it. In many cases, we get in our own way. And even when we know what the right decision to make is, because of how we're wired, because of our biology, we tend to buy high and sell low and freak out. And, you know, it's just one of those examples with the election where historically, when you look over the long term, elections have very little impact over the performance of the stock market and especially our ability to predict what's going to happen with the stock market. And so long term investing strategies, if you're investing for 5, 10, 20, 30 years, your strategy really shouldn't change. And that's at the core part of the article is that you want to keep to your financial plan and don't worry too much about uh, really the news cycle in a lot of ways because it's designed to get you to read more, uh, to click more and to read more websites as opposed to actually helping you be a better investor. And so stay out of your own way, learn where you're going to trip up. And this is core to the best investors in the world. Someone even like a Warren Buffett that we'll talk about tomorrow. Patience is important and not getting sucked into that day-to-day uh, -day news cycle uh, and freak out. So play the long game, stick with your strategy, and, and don't get too distracted, especially going in uh, to this election where it could be a crazy next couple of weeks. And by the way, this piece, I should say, is in the New York Times by Paul Sullivan. One thing that I thought was really interesting in it is they go through the different biases that we can have that can impact how we feel about the stock market and how we get stressed out about our investments. So one of them is the extrapolation bias. And that's basically if you're feeling deeply pessimistic about your investments in the spring, even after the market rallied, you are exhibiting signs of what economists call the extrapolation bias. Um, what do you think about that one, Grant? Yeah, so the extrapolation bias, I mean, the simple idea is if something has been going well or something is going bad, we naturally think that it's going to continue. And so I liked how Paul actually talked about the recent increase in day trading and the growth of Robinhood and how all these investors who started in April and May of this year, since the market's been so up, they probably think that they're all geniuses and that they're naturally going to continue. But eventually there's going to be that moment where the market does decline again or individual stocks do decline and they're probably in for a rude awakening. Whereas on the flip side, someone who's been investing for the long term and has seen ups and downs, they're still feeling the fear that came from the March decline. And so they might be sitting on the sideline with a bunch of cash. And so the extrapolation bias is simply that we tend to believe things that have happened to us will continue to happen over the long term. And we're not as aware of uh, the, the changing forces and realizing that there is so much uncertainty in everything in life and especially in the markets that we can't rely even on our own past experience to predict future returns. He then goes on to talk about the availability bias. So the availability bias means the more you see information repeated, the more you think that information will be true in the long term without examining other potential outcomes. Grant? 
Yeah. So this bias is, is, is pretty interesting. And, you know, it's, it's people who tend to check their stock market performance and read about the market all day long or, you know, watch Jim Cramer or CNBC. They get subject to this because they're getting all of this information. In a lot of cases, it's, it's a lot of the same information at one one particular time. So naturally, we know as humans that we're terrible predictors of the future. What's going to happen in the future is, is we're no better at it than just uh, predicting whether you know it's heads or tails when we flip a coin, but we think that we're going to be better at predicting the future that we know the future based on the information that we're consuming in any given moment, and so we tend to get wrapped up in it, uh, and and it impacts how how we think about the future and, and and can protect ourselves. Really, we can't predict the future, and so the idea is to set a strategy to stick with your strategy, but to not close yourself off from the fact that the world is increasingly uncertain, especially during this time. And I love what you said about the fact that we all want to predict the future. Of course we do, because we want to be ready. We want to be prepared, at least many of us, people like me that like to always be organized, as you know. Um, the next thing they talk about is the disjunction effect. That means people want information to be revealed before they make a decision, which to me is completely logical. Of course you want all the information you want. But here's the thing, with the disjunction effect, People want the information to be revealed before they make a decision, even if they would make the same decision with or without that information. So, you know, in the case of knowing the election results, even if there's a clear victor next week, there's still a lot of unknowns about the upcoming administration that might affect investments. But people really feel they they want that information first, even if they would make the same decision. What do you think about that one? Yeah, and this goes back to that thing of, you know, which candidate is going to ultimately be better for the markets. And so everyone thought that Trump would be and that people didn't like Biden because Biden was going to, you know, raise the corporate tax rates and the individual tax rates. And now on the flip side, Wall Street started warming to the idea of a Biden presidency because of less chaos and perhaps less uncertainty around the China trade deals. And so it's one of the things you can't win either way uh, because everyone's always changing their mind and any given time. The only certainty that we know is that over the past 100 years, the stock market over any 10-year period tend to be up uh, almost 90% of the time. And over any 20-year period, it was always up. And so the stock market has always gone up and will likely always continue to go up as long as the you know American economy uh, and ingenuity continues uh, at the forefront here. And so this is one of the things where we tend to think that we're going to know the outcome, but we always want to feel like we're right and feel like we made the right decision. And this goes back to really kind of, I think, the most important topic in behavioral finance of all, which is loss aversion, which Paul doesn't actually talk about, but I think it's very important because we naturally, evolutionarily, the way that we're wired, we fear losses and we feel losses more than we feel gains. And this makes a lot of sense when you think back to the Stone Age when we're wandering around and, uh, you know, wandering that we're and being afraid that we're going to wander off a cliff as opposed to finding a forest full of, you know, apple trees. Uh, one has a bigger impact on our longevity than the other. And so we fear loss more than we appreciate gain. And so we all want to try to mitigate that as much as possible. And that tends to, to you know, force us to make bad decisions and really get in our own way. So there's no way to predict the future. There's no way to know what's going to happen, and especially with an election. We just have to, you know, I like as Warren Buffett says, you know, 
it's it's a sure it's a sure bet to bet on America. And so I, I, I tend to agree with that moving forward, no matter who wins the election. I like that. So then the article turns to how do we actually fight against these biases that are really hardwired in our system. And it talks about going back to your financial plan, analyzing how a sudden drop in your portfolio value might affect you next year or 10 years from now. And that goes to what you were talking about, about the loss aversion bias. And, you know, writing down, this is what they recommend, write down in a moment when you feel anxious, you know, what you're thinking and feeling, and then return later when to see that maybe it wasn't as bad as you had feared. What do you think about that? What's your strategy when you get stressed out about investments? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So I think it's important to note that we're our own worst enemies and we're even worse enemies with ourselves when we're stressed out. And so here we are in a pandemic. We all have that lockdown fatigue. We all can't travel. Our lives look radically different. So put us in a microcosm where we're reading the news all the time and stressed out about what's going to happen in the future. And we're a little worn out and tired in our lives. Um, And that makes for a, a pretty bad recipe relative to thinking clearly about our investments. And so from my standpoint, stepping away from the news as much as you can, having a defined time in the day, whether it's right when you wake up, and you know we tend to all look at our phones first thing. I do that. Read the news, and then give yourself a break throughout the day. Don't read the news. Don't click over to the news website. Stay off social media, and maybe check in at some defined point later in the day. But the more news that we tend to consume, our brains can really only handle so much information, and so naturally that feeds the stress more than it tends to help it. There's really not going to be many answers in the media. What it's going to do is it's going to ramp you up. It's going to cause a lot of anxiety. And so do a bit of a detox and consume media on your own terms instead of just, you know, th- throughout the day. That's that's Dan Ariely, the behavioral economist uh, from Duke, the author of Predictably Irrational. He shared that on my podcast, and I couldn't agree more uh, with, with that recommendation. Just stay out of the way. Stay out of your own way. Keep to your strategy and then uh, reassess you know, maybe in, in a month or so after the election uh, and look at your portfolio. That'd be my recommendation. That is such great advice. And I hope a lot of people do listen to it. We did reach out to our Instagram friends at Muddy Friends Pod is our handle. So please follow us there and you can be part of our polls. We asked them, have you been tempted to make any investment moves tied to the election? What do you think they said? Yes or no? I would say that uh, 70% said no. Oh my God. Grant, 69%. You were 1% <laughs> off. Oh my God. You're so good at this. I think that's the record. I think that's, no one's ever nailed it completely. That's unbelievable. We had a hot, extremely high participation in this, in this survey. Um, what do you say to the 31% though, that said, yes, they're tempted to make investment moves. I think the 31%, the market naturally, um, you know, you look at the S&P over the past year, it's only up about 1.2%. And so there's been a ton of turmoil in terms of the market up, down, up, down. Relatively, equities are are pretty expensive, historically speaking. But when you look out over the long term, I, I think there's people viewing this as a buying opportunity uh, as well. And so I'm guessing that 31% probably bought some stocks. There was a discount in tech stocks over the past week. And so maybe they they loaded up on a little bit of Apple or a little bit of Amazon at a discount. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not surprised that you have that theory. And it's probably spot on. I'm looking at some of the comments from our Instagram friends. 
we have, um, I think it's Clemmy Cakes. Um, and she says, markets are down. I bought more. They're on sale, people. So you're spot on with that theory of what is going on. And we also have Kyle saying, if the market goes down significantly, I convert more money into my Roth. What do you think about that strategy, paying the taxes? I mean, that's an interesting approach. Usually converting money to a Roth from a traditional IRA, that Roth conversion should happen in a year when you have less taxable income. So I don't, perhaps the market going down, fewer gains, you know, I, I can see where there could be a strategy there, but there's 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 a lot of variables at play uh, in, in doing any type of a Roth conversion. Yeah, let's get a one quick comment because we're almost out of time. Um, we have Tam Tam saying dollar cost averaging is the plan and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I'm actually not a fan of dollar cost averaging um, in a lot of cases. Uh, so I tend to believe that investing early often as much as you can is going to be the strategy. Mathematically, lump sum investing, for example, outperforms dollar cost averaging generally. And so that's one of those things why I always recommend it, especially when you're young, front load your investments, make some of that sacrifice early on. And so you can have that compounding potential over a longer term. Of course, if you're making money consistently and you have a consistent income, dollar cost averaging is, is better than not investing at all. But I tend to believe that, especially beginning of the tax year, uh, max out your accounts as quickly as possible. That's shown statistically to, to outperform uh, over the long term. And the truth is, if you do do that, the odds of you actually pulling money out are probably lower than you having some unexpected event happen and then not finishing up maximizing your contribution. So I can definitely see the wisdom in that. Although I do, I am a fan of dollar cost averaging because of its ongoing consistency. And I think it does help people psychologically when they are afraid that they're buying at the very top, it gives them that comfort level. But I think everyone can just think about what's best for them. Exactly. Hold that thought. We're going to get to takeaways in just a minute, but first, and with that grant to you, your takeaway, stick with your strategy. Don't get too stressed out. We're already stressed out right now. Don't make any big decisions about your investments through the end of the year would be my recommendation. Stick with what has worked and try to limit your news consumption as much as you can. Focus on self-care, get outside, take care of yourself, and let your money continue to grow and compound into the future. What do you recommend as an alternative to news consumption on election night? Oh God! Well, election night's one thing. I mean, you can make that a national <laughs> event. Although it'll be it'll be interesting to see tonight. Uh, you know, if there's a clear winner early on, you know, I think that that's what everyone's going to look for. And if there's not, then you know, in some of these states, they're going to be counting ballots for what nine days. I think in North Carolina, and so it, it could be a while if it's a tight race. Uh, but we'll, but we'll see. Um, there there might be a clear winner early on. Um, so. I give you a pass tonight, watch the media, stay tuned the next couple of days, but then give yourself a break if you can, maybe even through to Thanksgiving. All right. Good thoughts. This gave me, let's go back, back to the whole getting stressed out about stocks in the election. This honestly, look, this gave me a lot to think about. And I like that. I like the fact that you gave me, you know, reason to sort of take a second look at my bias towards dollar cost averaging. I think you made some really good points. And I think that's what we want. We want to be rethinking and coming at, coming at our decisions from different perspectives and bringing in different opinions. I think that always is useful in how we approach our money. And I think a lot of us are not necessarily consciously aware of the biases that we have, whether we admit it or not. I 
am excited to hear more about what our listeners think. So I hope everyone will be DMing us at Money Friends Pod on both Twitter and Instagram and let us know, you know, whether you've made changes in your election, in your strategy because of the election and also your tips about being less stressed out about all the politics that's going on both on election day and also coming up because it, it may be a rough ride as Grant, as Grant says, we may not know what's going on for some time. Um, before we wrap though, Grant, I do want to ask you, what is your counter programming when it's not election night? Any recommendations for what we should be watching? Besides your upcoming TV show, by the way, which are you in production? <laughs> um, uh, not in production yet in, in, in the planning phases. Um, I mean, I, I, I encourage people to watch the election to see what happens. You know, it's the ultimate sort of theater of our times. I think this is going to be the craziest and has been the craziest election in my lifetime and probably my parents' lifetime. So no counter-programming recommendations here, but schedule yourself a detox for the end of the week. Um, you know, get out where the leaves are still nice, check them out, do some leaf peeping. It's going to get cold in a lot of places in the U.S. And um, yeah, stay outside, stay away from other people uh, is the general recommendation. And the one thing I just wanted to add to your point, Bobby, that I think is important is um, you know, the, the idea that lump sum, uh, you know, investing is better than dollar cost averaging. You know, this is kind of a good is often good enough when it comes to money. And it's whatever helps you stay consistent and feel good uh, is often the best path. It's the same thing of should you pay down your mortgage or should you invest? Often people pay down their mortgage because it makes them feel better, even though mathematically the correct decision would be to invest the additional money instead. So it's one of those things where good is often good enough and it's whatever helps you sleep at night. And so hope everyone has a good election night. And this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Grant. Where can people be in touch with you and hear more about all of your upcoming projects? Yeah, best place is grantsabatier.com. So just search for Grant and try to spell my last name in Google and it'll probably direct you to the right place. Uh, been writing about a lot of topics there and check out my book, Financial Freedom, if you want to learn a little bit more about the nuances of uh, reaching financial independence at a young age. Thank you so much for being with us, Grant. You're going to be back on Wednesday. We're going to be talking about Warren Buffett and the stocks that he has held the longest. We'll also reveal the results of our Money Friends poll. I'm sorry, we did a quiz. And uh, we'll see if our Money Friends guessed it correctly. So we'll see everyone tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. This show is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I am Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.